Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Middle-class children are annoying. There you go. I said it. Now, on the weekend, me and him indoors decided to go to a 20-bit of town because I wanted poached eggs. And if I want poached eggs, I'm having poached eggs and I'm not wasting my life swirling around bits of water in a pan, by the by. Now, whilst I was there, I was unfortunately subjected to what I believe to be the entire middle-class pre-teen population of the surrounding postcode. Each and every one of these whiny teenage pricks demanding cronuts and kombucha from the waiters, whilst insisting that they be seen, heard and valued by their stupid fucking parents. And it was at this point that I thought to myself, what is it actually? What is it that has made these two grown up people think their genetics are so important to civilization that they were compelled, compelled to breed, not once, not twice, but three times, creating smaller, but yet miraculously, even precocious versions of themselves and why why are they all you know the parents the village of children and the two italian greyhounds why are they all wearing the same poxy dungarees Welcome back, you gorgeous bunch of assholes. It's me, Scotty. I mean, you should technically know that by now, because otherwise, I mean, if that's news to you, who do you think's been speaking to you for the last while? <laughs> I mean, if you squint, some people do say I look like Sam Smith having a panic attack. <laughs> anyway, hello, how are you, etc., etc., etc. We're back with yet another round of this thing. And what a show we have coming up for you. On today's show, Holly from North Carolina is back and has some international news. Mm-hmm. Yes, please, Kathy. And someone shits on a plastic bag. Oh, for fuck's sake. Debbie, what do you mean someone shits on a plastic bag? What? Please, could we just have one week where we go without hearing about everybody shitting all over the place? Because there's me trying my absolute hardest, actually, to make this high brow. Yes, high brow. Trying to make this like a fucking cultural podcast that, you know, that Stephen Fry fella shits himself out and thinks, oh, that's very arty. That's good. That was a lovely idea. I might give Scotty a call. Sounds like a lovely person. 
you know, in some circles, Debbie, people call me an artist. Yeah. And I'd like to be an award-winning artist, actually. I'd like this podcast to win a BAFTA. What do you mean they don't do fucking BAFTAs for podcasts? Do you know what? This podcast is going to be so good, they're actually going to invent a podcast BAFTA award thing. Please, can we just have one week where we get some people who get through who've got actually control over their fucking bowels? Is that too much to ask for? Hi, Scotty and all the After the Tone crew. Uh, I'm a first-time caller. I've only recently discovered the podcast and I'm proud to say that I've listened to every single episode within the space of about a month. Uh, I think I must be a glutton for punishment. I don't know how I didn't discover it earlier as I'm a fat trans woman, but I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, by the way. Anyway, I'm calling with a shit story. So I've recently moved into a flat of my own. It's my first time ever living alone after leaving a shitty relationship. Basically, it's an old building and the plumbing is a little bit dodgy. Uh, Now, being a fat woman, I have never met a toilet that I haven't blocked. So it didn't take long for me to block this toilet. And in the space of about six weeks, I had four separate plumbers come out. And anyway, the last plumber decided that the system needed to be replaced. So for two days, I couldn't use my toilet or shower because they were both fully backed up with human sewage. So every time I needed to shit for those two days, I had to spread a bin bag out on the bathroom floor, squat down and shit on the floor. Um, So that was really (laughs) dehumanising. You know, good thing I've got a good sense of humour about these types of things. So, yeah, my dustbin was full of shit and um, that was great. So, hope you enjoyed my story. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) There's so much here to unpack, but we're going to first start with FTCORDTP. First time caller, only recently discovered the podcast. Honestly, these are getting ridiculous. I think it would just be easier if we gave people badges. Now, I really like the fact that people are really setting out their shop this series. They're like, here is who I am. Here are my things, just so you know. And you're right. Being a fat trans person, (laughs) you should definitely have found this place a bit quicker. You're more than welcome to take your shoes off and stay a while, but don't you go anywhere near my bathroom floor. (laughs) Now, a little joke that some of my trans friends have is they actually identify um not as fat trans but as trans fat <laughs> you're welcome now <laughs> when you said you had four plumbers over i thought i've seen films that start like this <laughs> first off can we just say congratulations on leaving a shitty relationship that's a round of applause there for doing things for yourself that you know in the long run are going to be good but probably in the short term were quite difficult now i understand living in an older gaff dodgy plumbing i get all of this bit i don't get why toilets out for two days the natural link in your head was well got a shit in a plastic bag then <laughs> i don't i don't understand i mean is there no pubs nearby could you not have a shit at work how many shits are you having a day i mean why Debbie, why does this podcast make me ask people these sort of questions? Anyway, I've also got questions about what sort of bag, <laughs> what bag, because I want to know the density of the plastic. I mean, you must be doing it in bags for life, surely. And that's quite an expensive thing, you know, like 25p every time you want to have a dump. You're spending more than a penny. <laughs> Well, person, thank you so much for coming. Do I like your story? <laughs> like would be a strong word, but am I happy that you are here more than over the moon? 
Hi, Scotty. I'm Emma, um, long-term listener, first-time caller. Love the show. Love listening to the pub. Hi, everyone. Um, I wanted to talk about fat panic. I got a tattoo the other week and I was so terrified the whole time that I was going to break the guy's tiny table. And I mentioned it to a friend who's a lot smaller than me. <laughs> she just had no idea what I was going on about. And I thought, there's so much fat panic, especially in the summer. I like being sweaty, having to walk with quick walkers, chub rub rashes all of that stuff um and i just wanted to ask the room really if anyone has any like great tips for fat panic in the summer for me it's um cycling shorts cotton ones under anything that i wear really a liquid talc so i just wondered if anyone had any remedies for summer fat panic um love you guys Oh, hello, person. Oh, my God. Yeah, me too. Now, I've got a very lovely tattooist person that likes to draw on me. I mean, I've really just debased the whole art of tattooing there, haven't I? Just like, there's a bit of a doodle on me. And um, every time I go there, I mean, lovely, really sound. The first time I approached the table, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Because I'll just sit on the chair, you know. And then also, anyway, we'll get to chairs in a minute. And... It was so lovely about it. It was just like, oh, well, if it breaks, it breaks, the net. Sometimes I think it's more helpful to accept the jeopardy rather than sort of pretend that it might not be a thing that happened. And, you know, like that thing that non-fat people can do sometimes, which is like, oh, no, you're not fat. You know, it brings up all that conversation. And you're like, oh, just go fuck yourself because I know I'm a big fat effer. I just need to know whether or not I can sit on this thing. The other thing is chairs. Like me and my fat friends would go out other non-fat people don't understand this you do a little like scoop of the chairs because you look at the table that you're about to sit on and you think well particularly in these sort of trendy places you know that do flat whites with pea milk because apparently that's a thing you know you go in and they've all got like rickety vintage chairs because you know thin people just don't give a shit about what they sit on but you look for chairs that got handles you know side bits that like they think caress your fat but actually just sort of modern day torture objects for fat people so I totally see it from that I think because I've been on thinking about this for a long time and you know let's call it as it is I am a smaller fat that some of these things don't affect me in ways that they affect my friends because my fat sits in other places but I do know I have it on good authority from a very large demographic of people not from a large person from a large demographic of people that these things that they sell you to like rub between your legs and stuff like that they don't really work so, because I get chub rub right at the top, I quite often like to wear a high-waisted trouser or to wear me trousers higher. So then it means that the bit in the middle... Oh, God, I'm trying to describe trousers on the radio. Anyway, I just wear my trousers like higher. So, listen, this is a really great moment to ask other fat people to show some solidarity. How are you, dear fat person, going to survive the hot months? What do you do with fat panic? How have you experienced it? Get on the blower, offer this person some solidarity. Let's get this conversation going. Hey, Scotty and um, everybody in the pub. This is Holly calling from North Carolina, but very soon to be Holly calling from Montreal. I had a job interview while you were on vacation in Montreal. They flew me out. It was wonderful. And uh, yesterday they called to offer me the job and I'm just overjoyed to be able to come back to Canada, to be able to live in a big city again. It's going to be great. And I just wanted to share that joy with y'all. 
look forward to more uh, Canadian and international calls in the future. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Holly from North Carolina. Congratulations. That, that deserves a round. Come on. That deserves a round of applause because, you know, at the moment, doing anything that goes beyond breathing and going for a piss or, as our first caller, was shitting on a plastic bag. I mean, 10 points to be able to ace things like that, you know. Absolutely. So congratulations, lovely. Montreal. Now, I know nothing about it, so we're going to look it up. Montreal. Oh, why don't we give you a little bit of uh, information about the place that you probably know loads more about, but, you know, other people might not. Is it French? Oh, God, I'll get myself into a rock builder there. But, sorry, I mean, is it French-speaking? Is Celine Dion from there? That's what I want to know. Okay, Montreal, or Montreal, was founded in 1642. Apparently, nothing was there before 1642. Um... Montreal is referred to as Canada's cultural capital. Oh, maybe I should go. Okay, I'm just going to Google Montreal Celine Dion. Now, I can confirm Celine Dion's not from there. She's from Quebec, from another bit. Oh, and her husband's died. Oh, bless her. She's got three children. I didn't know that. Well, there you go, Holly. There's some gossip for you, (laughs) which pertains nothing to the place that you're about to live in. So, yeah, looking forward to hearing more gossip. We do have quite a contingent of people listening in Canada. So maybe you'd be able to enlighten me a bit further. I know we had a very heated discussion a couple of years ago about Putin, and I said some very defamatory things about cheese and gravy. I mean, get over yourselves. It's not Cirque du Soleil. Maybe you want to call up. Maybe you want to educate me and the listenership on lovely Canada. 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 Okay? Lovely. Lovely to hear from you, Holly. Hi, Scotty. It's uh, Pavel Griff calling Vancouver. Hi, producers, everyone in the room. I'm calling again to talk about where I'm from. You asked, like, your parents. You asked me about my parents, my folks. So, my parents were born in Derby in England. I and my brother were also born in Derby, England. We emigrated to Canada when the Queen had her jubilee, and uh, we've been here ever since. I went back there for holidays and school. I moved back when I was 18 and lived there for a year, and then I came back to Canada and went, kind of went back and forth and been kind of a traveler ever since. So I'm originally from Derby, where they say, I a duck, I a cock, and all that kind of stuff. And the big Derby joke is, because they say the word cock is, you got the time on your cock? Okay, tra. Lovely. Hello, Pablo. So proving there immediately, Holly from North Carolina, you know, you've got some friends. I mean, I don't know how far. Oh, let's have a look. God, it's a lot of me having a look today. Montreal to Vancouver. That will take you, Holly, if you're looking for a neighbour. That is, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that is very much the other side of Canada, isn't it? Yeah, I've just looked at that. That would be a quick drive of 45 hours. <laughs> 45 hours from Montreal to Vancouver. I thought they were almost the same place. There you go. They're showing some ignorance. Hello, Pablo. Thank you for coming in. Now, when I said where are your parents from, I didn't need a fucking biography, did I? I didn't need a rundown for about 20 minutes. What do you think this is? Your interview with Piers Morgan? What do you think this is? A biography? (laughs) Now, dear international listeners and those people living in places of culture, Derby. (laughs) 
Derby is a very strange place to have come from, A, and B, to have emigrated from to Vancouver. That is a real leap, Pablo. So if you would like to call back, I'd love to know what stirred that, because you know me, I am more than happy of listening to your entire backstory, Hunt. (laughs) I don't know what the Queen had to do with it. Why does the Queen's Jubilee have anything to do with you moving to Canada? Would you get a free ticket? Was there like a thing? Where she went, oh, a bunch of people from the UK, you can all fuck off over there. Is that her and her cult? Sorry, family. Like, does Canada still like them? Is that still a thing? I can't remember. I was there just before lockdown. I can't remember if she was on the money or not. I mean, that's literally all it is, isn't it? Not for me. No, thank you. Anyway, Pablo, I need some more gossip from you, please. Thank you. Hello, lovely people after the tone. Um, just leaving a voice note because the new season is starting and I'm mega excited. It's Sasha. I've called him once before, but I am a long-term listener and long-term lover of the podcast. I just thought I'd open a bit of a dialogue because it might be relevant to some of the listeners potentially. After being one of these people that left my home city to you know, find myself and do new stuff, and swearing that I would never go back. After six years, I am moving back to Bradford, which is where I was born and where I lived until I was 18, which I'm really, really happy about, but I didn't think I ever would be. And I think after all the shit with the pandemic and everything, I don't know, there's just something really, really comforting about like being closer to my family and, yeah, like a safe place to kind of, I don't know, kind of reset. So, I don't know, has anybody else moved away and then moved back? How has it felt? Um, Is it going to be okay? And also, just like, hi everyone, I'm really happy that the new season's starting. Bye! Oh, hi, Saoirse, lovely to have you back. Oh, do you know what I love about your voice? You're so dead northern, isn't you? It's so, oh, it's it's so, so heartwarming. Now, I had never moved back to the place that I'm from because I'm from a place called London. Well, I'm from a, an estate in North London where when I tell people I'm from there, when I say to people I'm from Kentish Town, they're like, oh my God, that's so fancy. And I'm like, no, hun, I grew up there before middle class people moved in and renovated the local supermarket and turned it into a deli, you know? pre that and I don't think I would ever go back I think too much happened to me there to be fair to go back wouldn't feel productive to me but I have darted about the country a bit and I lived in by the seaside for a few years in South End because I thought this is it I'm gonna be living the good life I'm gonna be growing my own and I did and it was great and it was excellent but the thing that I really found difficult was not feeling like I was part of a queer community or a family in that way that was very difficult for me to kind of access parts of myself now that I live in Manchesterford um it's a very lovely town and I feel much more of that and I do feel home here so if you perhaps listener you can offer Saoirse a bit of advice about what that sort of homecoming is like because I I understand it feels like a big leap for some of my friends who have done a sort of similar thing they've battled with feeling like they were going backwards in their life rather than forwards because of their associations with that place. And, you know, they also said those things to themselves. I'd never go back, I'd never go back. So going back there to some of my friends felt sort of like a failure, quote unquote. So maybe you, you can chime in on this. Maybe you've got something that you want to say. Have you moved away from home? Have you gone back to home? How was that? Etc. The number is coming up very soon. 
Still to come, Nat is back with words of wisdom. Chinese salt and pepper wings are on the menu. Yes, please. Love those. And JRF is spreading their seed. Not again. (laughs) But first, if you're a fan of ATT, perhaps you want a bit more. Perhaps you'd like access to some backstage gossip, our back catalogue of show notes, polls, gossip, scandal, intrigue. If you do, why not give us a few quid a month and help us keep this place going so you can have something to do with your boring lives? (laughs) patreon.com forward slash after the tone if you'd like to get involved and fancy sending us a voice note we'd love to hear your voice Uh, you can respond to something you've heard you could start a new chat Uh, you might have a question you could maybe do a little song just as long as you've written it yourself because otherwise we're not going to get the rights for it (laughs) just no fucking poems honestly don't be calling up here with poems you know my thoughts on poems (laughs) all you gotta do is open up the whatsapp send us a voice note to this number Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. And honestly, we would love to hear from you. You know, there is always room here. The circle can always get bigger. And it's lovely, particularly if you come from lots of different places around the world, just to just to hear what you're thinking and feeling and in response to other people. Right, Deb, who's up next? Hiya, Scotty. Hiya, Debs. Tim, Cat, Milo, uh, off the town crew, gang, pub. Um, sorry, I very, very, very rarely do this where I will pause the the episode and then voice note immediately. The cup of tea metaphor and our dear friend who's clearly going through a lot right now. Um, I know exactly how you feel. I think it's a metaphor that's it's probably quite universal, isn't it? this idea of a, a cup spilling over the edge. And like I say, I dropped that fucking cup so many times this year. Like, it's literally been a year to the day now that, since I had my full breakdown. And, um, you know, I've relapsed over this year twice, you know, really, really bad. And to carry that metaphor on, if you feel like, you have that awareness of the cup that is in your hand and it's there and you're holding it together and hopefully your vessel is solid, <laughs> i.e. your body, yeah? Because if you, if you're fortunate enough to, like, be grateful and it was really nice just to hear you out walking out and about so you clearly are making time for yourself to do that. Maybe you're just in between running errands or whatever but at least you're out and about and that's that's really good. So that's always a really nice place to start to go, okay, well, at least the cup itself is not broken. <laughs> like, it might well be shattered to pieces and you glued it together about a million times, but babe, that cup is still holding, okay? So, it, yeah, it's, it's filled. And if it spills, and do you know what? Fuck it. If it spills even just a little slop, a little plop, and you think, oh, I'll just carry on. No, fuck it. Empty the fucking mug and sit down. And sit down and just hold, hold that empty cup of tea and if that means bawling your eyes out and rocking backwards and forwards and self-soothing in whatever form it is that you you need to do if you need to literally regress to being like you're the five-year-old version of yourself and your adult self has to stand next to you and hug the five-year-old version of you while you bawl your eyes out then do it babes like I really and it, and if you can't if adult you can't hold the five-year-old you then mate I'm here we're all here and we will hold you and let you cry and it's absolutely fine if you need to fucking empty that mug because some cunt keeps filling it up for you protect your cup 
Yeah. Don't let those fuckers fill it up for you. You fill your cup. You decide when you want to sit down and drink from it and enjoy the the soothing loveliness and the nutrition of your cup of tea or whatever it hot drink metaphor it is that we're working with here. Okay, you're allowed to. Your emotions are fluid. Like it's. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a perfect image. Um, and Scotty resilience is a bitch isn't it like you say sometimes you just want to go oh fuck off stop asking me to do everything I don't even know how to do these things myself and when you reach that point where you kind of like I just don't I don't even know my own what I don't I don't know am I rational or am I irrational which which one is which I don't it's all blending into one right now and if it feels like that because I felt like that um and I know like this is I you know again I'm can I talk from my own experience um, but just solidarity, man. Sorry, I'm getting really emotional. Um, because I love you guys and you've you've hugged me. Do you know what I mean? You've helped prop me up. Um, especially this last year. Because like I say, I mean I've been I've been here from series one. Don't you don't you forget my corner of the my corner of the pub is well and truly tented. Um <laughs> uh but yeah, I'll be sitting here cry my eyes out because sometimes you just fucking need to and go oh that's the emotion i'm feeling today all right okay cool right well hopefully i can compartmentalize that and do the other things but if i can't you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna if if the tea's gonna spill out anyway might as well fucking chuck the whole lot on the grass and then i'm just gonna sit here with my empty cup for a little bit and uh and just bawl my eyes out because um sometimes it's just really cathartic um and sometimes we all just need a little bit of catharsis Anyway, love you all. Oh, look, the blackbird's back in the garden. Yep, see, nature just carries on. They don't, they don't give a fuck. There you go, be more blackbird. Just, you know, go about your business, getting your shit done. Blackbirds don't give a fuck about other blackbirds, do they? They don't give a fuck about the starlings or the pigeons or none of that. They're just like, yeah, I'm just doing my blackbird thing. And right now, she's definitely a female bird because she's got the brown mottled feather. Oh, it's turned into tweet of the day. <laughs> Wankers. All right, love you. Bye. Nat, thank you so much. Such a thoughtful, caring, kind response. And I think one that many people, I believe, echo about this gaff. People call up all the time and they say it. There's no, there's no way of saying that without an ego. <laughs> um, dropping the cup. Now there's a visual I think we can all get behind. Yeah. I've learned over the last few weeks that sanity is very fragile and perhaps that visual that you're offering me is um more useful to me than it or, or it's saying loads to me and it wasn't even directed at me um full disclaimer a few days ago I started to have uh, some intrusive thoughts which were around that I thought my fingers were falling off <laughs> I swear to you, I was convinced for about an hour. I was like, well, that's it. That's my finger. That's going to fall off. And luckily, I have therapy very soon after that. And we were able to talk it through. And I was able to rationalize. And I was like, and, and what happened was I was having a, what I believe to know is a delusion. Because I was going through and I'm going through this stuff. I'm safe. I'm fine. You don't need to all panic about me. <laughs> Don't worry, the House of Cards isn't going to fall down just yet. And if it was, it should definitely be funded. (laughs) But um, the fragility of sanity is like something that's been really at the forefront of my mind over the last week because of that. There is something that I want to softly, I don't think challenge is a big word, question, 
throw back about this, the strong vessel, which I just want us to be careful about, that we don't get into sort of health elitism or ableism, that we start thinking, well, you're going to be okay if you're crazy, if, oh, burps brewing, if your body is robust or, you know, and I don't think that's what you were saying, but I, I think it's just good to clarify that because, well, I think there'll be a lot of people who have different experiences, whose bodies do different things, who will be existing with thoughts that their body and their mind is quote unquote failing them. And so I think that's just important to to put out there as well, that by a strong vessel, what does that mean? Hello. Hello, Scotty. Hello, Tim Katmeyer, producer Deb. This is Jojo with a mojo. Haven't called for a while. Um, I'm just stopped the call to say to the caller, very articulate caller who talked about the cup of tea and feeling full and how everything just seems like it's, like it's going wrong all the time. And I just want to say, like, um, thank you. (laughs) And thank you, Scotty, for being vulnerable and and saying those things. Because I feel like, like you said, Scotty, loads of people are feeling like that at the moment. And I have been feeling like this for a while. I had COVID, like, three weeks ago. And I all of a sudden have got loads of work. And... (sighs) Capitalism is just too much, and I feel like, yeah. How how can we do? How can we do that? How can we say to people, look, especially with family, like, stop, just stop. Like, how do you do that without having an argument as well and being like, just stop being hard on each other? You know, I feel like there's like something behind everybody's eyes that it's not okay and they are sort of running on empty trying to continue when we've just been through an insane experience plus everything else that's happening plus the political climate that is bearing down in the background so I just want to say thank you because that's the first time in like the last few weeks that I felt somebody really say what I've been feeling and to feel like a bit of solidarity um all right well till next time love you all bye Jojo lovely to have you back now the easiest way that I think I can describe what I feel like collectively and what I mean by collectively isn't all the millions of people I'm not Nostradamus I mean I'd give it a good go but within my friendship circle and what I'm experiencing is, you know, Sunday scaries, you know, when you're just about to go back to work on a Monday and you're like, I've forgotten something. I was supposed to do something over the weekend. Monday, uh, there's going to be this thing. I'm going to be in trouble. I would have done, you know, that sort of fear, which maybe um, normal people don't experience, but I know a lot of crazies do. It's called the Sunday scaries, right? I feel what's happened is the Sunday scaries have just become the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday scaries. Like that that impending doom, that sort of low level, oh, something's going to happen, is just sort of present within us. And I do think it's this re-emergence from post-pandemic, I believe, calling it. it I mean you know people who work within the National Health Service I think would laugh at such a phrase post pandemic because things are opening up again but I think also we experienced 
in a weird way, now this is going to be really quite fucked and comes from a privilege of somebody who didn't lose somebody, but sort of lost the plot a little bit during lockdown. I think what happened during the pandemic was we experienced a different way of engaging socially that I think is going to have a legacy on us for better and worse. The scary thing is I think I and others have become phobic of other people in terms of if someone sneezes, I am literally like, what the, you know, it's like the violence behind a cough nowadays is like really the anxiety. Oh my God. Yeah. But it also taught me that I probably only have a capacity for a certain amount of socializing a day. So we've learned some stuff for good and bad coming out of the pandemic, supposedly. But capitalism has just gone, right, everyone go back to normal. Forget everything. Just go back to normal. And I think that's quite frightening, isn't it? Hi, Scotty. I hope you're well. So I was just scrolling the timeline, as one does, and I noticed that Shisi Gatwa is going to be the new doctor. How brilliant is that? The first openly queer, first capital B black actor to be playing the role of the doctor? Yes, please sign me up for that. The last time I watched Doctor Who was like in 2010 when Rose Tyler was there. But best believe I'll be there present and accounted for on the premiere episode. I'm just interested to know your thoughts because I think this is just bloody exciting news, isn't it? Oh, hello, person. Who are you? You sound like a new person. Oh, I get very excited by that. Um, Yes, I think you're right. It is a moment, isn't it? Particularly when I'm seeing black queer friends share it. They're like... This is a moment. And I'm like, yeah, let's revel in this moment. Let's enjoy it. Now, full disclaimer, I don't like science fiction. Well, when I say I don't like it, I don't, I'm not against it, you know. But I mean, regardless who the doctor is, I can't get on board with it. It's a bit make-believe for me. I prefer to watch a bit of telly that's got a bit more grief to it. <laughs> But that's by the by, because that's only my taste, you know. And I love the fact that that Russell T. Davis one is always like, tried to make it queer and has said some very brilliant things publicly about it and what it does and what it means to other Doctor Who. What do you call people who follow the Doctor Who? Who I, who, who's? So, well, whatever. Anyway, there was something though, some, I believe they call it discourse on the internet, people call it discourse, that I watched between some friends who, it sort of split them into camps where some of my friends were like, oh my God, this is our moment. We're going to rise. Uh, black queer friends. And then there were some other black queer friends who were like, mm, we shouldn't be pinning everything on this. This isn't what we think it's going to be. And I, of course, I don't know the answer to that, but I would welcome some more chat about this because... Is it honest? And what do I mean by that? Is it well-intentioned? Is it radical? Is it activist? Is it showing, giving space, giving platform to this amazing talent? And may I say, absolute fucking hottie. Absolute ride. Absolute ride. Or... Dot, dot, dot. And I don't know what the awe is, but watching my friends have this conversation, I was like, I'm intrigued by this. I want to hear more about it. I don't know if it's my place to hold the position and say, well, let me tell you, Black Queers, what it's about, you know? 
But I really am wanting this to be a chat that goes further. Why don't you tell us what you think about... I mean, I can hear the jubilation in your voice, darling. And hello, welcome. You sound like a lovely soul. I'd like to get to know you more. The others, they can all fuck off. (laughs) Hey, it's Chris Banji. Okay, so Chinese is my thing. Chinese takeaway is my thing. I love it. I live it. If you're not getting salt and pepper chicken wings, there's something wrong with you. Granted... If you're vegan or vegetarian, totally understand it. But salt and pepper chicken wings, see also salt and pepper ribs, are amazing. So flavorful, so much garlic, and just perfection. So I always get salt and pepper chicken wings, um, Singapore chow mein, crispy chili beef, and I usually get like a beef curry or a chicken curry. Never chips. Never ever do chips. But yeah, just make sure you try the salt and pepper chicken wings because your mind will be blown. Now, hello, Chris Ranchy. Welcome to the room. I don't understand how you could put a hierarchy on salt and pepper goods, produce, etc. and have chicken wings come out on top. What do you mean, see also ribs? No, see also chicken wings. Ribs, numero uno, un, einer, and other languages where one means one. Chicken with ribs, ribs, honey, ribs, number one. There you go, that's your number one, ribs. Then you said some stuff about some other bits and bobs, and you said crispy beef, and I was like, Yes. Okay, hon. Maybe we could be friends. Yes. Maybe I'm back in the room with you. And then you said never chips. Are you okay, hon? What do you mean never chips? I think I was about 25 before I realised that chips actually weren't from Chinese takeaways. I I genuinely thought, well, what a brilliant culture that they've got rice noodles and chips. (laughs) You think I'm lying? (laughs) Hon. Con... Patatas every time. Every time. Because what are you going to mop up all that deliciousness with? Oh, so you're like saying, oh, I love the salt and pepper, this, that and the other. Oh, I love all the garlicky stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Try it with chips. Honestly, I'm going to change the world. What are you going to do with all that delicious MSG, honey, sugary syrup that's on the chilli beef? You're going to whack that up with chips, hun. Okay? Come back to me when you've had chips with your Chinese takeaway. And then maybe we're going to have a chat. And if you too want to call up and tell me your Chinese order, just be aware that I've got strong feelings on this. Are you Scotty Love? It's that JRF here. How are you? Are you Tim? Are you Kat? Are you Maya? And are you Producer Deb? Any road? Yeah. What have I been up to? Well, I've been doing my garden. Lots of gardening. Throwing my seed around the garden. And um, I planted some sweet peas and some cornflowers and some ladybird poppies, some marigolds and another load of seeds that I can't pronounce. Godichias. I don't know what. They're from one of the listeners. Yeah. I gave the listeners my address. What have I done? But yes, no, some of the listeners to the show sent me some um, seeds, which is very sweet. So they've gone in the garden. Um, but you know, please feel free to send me plants. Anybody who's listening, I will probably give you my address. You know, I've got a good lock on my front door, so I'm fine. I'm fine. Any road, what was I going to say? Yeah, you and I in a sexy dream. What was that about? 
imagine. You know, I'm imagining the other person's a fatty as well. So that would just be like three boiled eggs rolling around in a hanky. But if they're not a fatty, be like two boiled eggs and a matchstick rolling around in a handkerchief, wouldn't it? But, you know, we are very desirable, Scotty. So it doesn't surprise me in the least that someone wants to take a ride on, on a fleshy bouncy castle. Pause for laughter. But, um, yeah, it was lovely doing a little interview with these all. Just missed the sound of my own voice on the podcast, so I thought I'd leave a message. And, um, you know, just cause, I thought I'd send you a little limerick. So here we go. There was an old puff of Cantoon who took a lesbian up to his room. They lay on the bed and he suddenly said, Who does what and with what? To whom? <laughs> Love and light and God bless you all. And a big kiss from that JRF. Bye. Well, what do you call this fucking gardener's question time? I don't care what fucking seeds you put in here, there or everywhere, you filthy mare. Also, do not trust, A, the listenership of this podcast with your address, and B, with seed. If you tell them to send you seed, I'll tell you what, there'll be some filthy mares that will send you something else. So there's that. Don't trust them, dear. Um, this actually, I think my take home from this call is about fat sex. <laughs> because as you were talking there, Joe, I was thinking about a visual. Calm yourself down. I was thinking about a visual about would there be a bed generous enough, shall we say? And that got me thinking about how many beds that I've broken, you know, in the throes. <laughs> Because, you know, it sort of relates back to the Fat Panic chat, which I'd really encourage us to get on board with, because I've broken many a bed in my time, and that's not to brag. (laughs) And I think maybe some other fat people have too. So if you have, I'd like to know. (laughs) Because I think there might be a whole section here about breaking the beds whilst you're, you know, having it off with yourself or others. (laughs) You know what to do. And that's all we've got time for. Wow, we've really opened up this week. Steady. (laughs) We have gone from talking about the new Doctor to talking about going back home and what that might mean to return back to the place that you come from. We've talked Chinese takeaway orders. Perhaps you want to get in the conversations about fat panic. Maybe you've got some solidarity, some thoughts and questions to talk about sanity and the overpouring cup. If any of this has rung true to you, if there's anything you want to respond to, any more questions that you have, if you want to keep these conversations going, you know what to do. Open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. Join in. Honestly, it's a good giggle. I'm really enjoying hearing some new people walk into the room with all that joy and optimism. (laughs) And as I said, you know, if you are in a location that is not the one that I am currently calling from, please do let us know where you're calling from, who you are, what you want to be called, because this place is yours. Remember, you can also join us on the internet at After the Tone P-O-D. Well, that's it from me. I'll see you in a bit and there'll be more of this sort of thing soon. See you later. Tone, after the tone, after the tone.
After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Colbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Caprile. After the Tone is a Debbie production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.